Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. And welcome to this week's Squiggly Career Podcast from Amazing If. We're here to help you develop the skills you need to be successful in the squiggly world of careers. I'm Sarah, and as always, I'm joined by my co-founder, Helen. Hello. And today we're talking about stress, which almost feels stressful to start to think (laughs) about, um, which I think is a reality now for so many of us. So, you know, people talking about feeling anxious or stressed comes up so commonly, I think, in, in employee feedback, employee engagement, and actually, um, I've noticed that even things like St. John's Ambulance now actually do like mental health first aid. Wow. Um, and that's that's something actually we started to test at things like Sainsbury's. So that was a whole... I just couldn't have imagined that five or ten years ago. So I think it's a really relevant topic for us. I think that's also really good that it's starting to be recognised. I think yeah. mental health and the role that stress at work plays into mental health is, is being recognised. There's some um, research by the health and safety executives that says over half a million people suffer from work-related stress. And when you look into the implications of that, not only does it affect you know people's happiness and productivity at work, it can also be a trigger for things like depression. I think it can be a trigger for other more physical illnesses in your body. Um, and again, Mind have done some more research on this and they found that work is actually the biggest cause of stress. So it is more significant than financial drivers of stress or actually more significant than health as a cause of stress. So this topic of work-related stress is very important and relevant and I think we'll we will do what we can to share today our experiences of this and and hopefully some of the things that we've found to cope with it. And I think it's also important to distinguish between stress and being busy Mm. and often those words are used interchangeably but we mean quite different things by them. I think what we're talking about today is not that default response that sometimes people give when you say oh how you doing everyone just goes busy I'm really busy I've got loads on. (laughs) This is actually, I think, more significant than that. It's it's actually where you are under pressure to an extent where it is impacting on you and how you feel, your ability to do your best work. And it often does then extend into, I think, the rest of your life as well. So actually, we're going to try and talk about stress in a sort of meaningful way, not just, oh, I feel a bit stressed at the moment. Yes, yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's beyond that. Yeah. So when you feel stressed, Helen, when you're sort of in that in that moment or in that week, or I guess maybe even longer than that, what does that feel like to you? I think about the times I've had it. And, you know, thankfully for me, I can think about those specific times. This isn't a, I wouldn't say I, I, I suffer from stress all the time. And I know that must be very difficult for people that do, but I can think about the specific times in my career when I know I felt stressed. 
And if I think about that, I feel, um, I get like a tight chest, actually. Yeah. Um, I feel like... It's like a physical reaction. Yeah, yeah, actually, it's quite physical. I, I, a tight chest, and maybe my head feels a bit like, <laughs> like a bit throbby. Like, right, okay, but it's not yeah. a headache. It's like almost like a pressure. It's like an internal sense of pressure, and I can feel it in my chest, and I can feel it in my head. I also think I become a little bit irrational about the things I need to do. So it's almost like if I actually wrote down those things I needed to do, I don't think they would be there'd be that many but in my head when I'm stressed it's almost like oh I've got this to do and this to do and they're all really important and I lose a little bit of objectivity about my work yeah and it all seems so big and so urgent and so right now and I feel that emotionally but also physically what, what about you I think when I'm stressed I get it's it's more how my behavior changes probably as much as how I feel or like a physical reaction mm-hmm. I get very transactional which I don't like about myself, but I do get very, what do I need to do right this minute now? I'm quite short, quite mm-hmm. short with people, quite short with myself almost. And I think I can always tell when I'm particularly stressed because it bleeds into the rest of my life. So, you know, we mm-hmm. talked about um, often you can't kind of go, well, I'm stressed at work and then not in the rest of my life or I'm stressed outside of work and that obviously impacts work as well. Yeah. I find that then when I get home, I then end up, you know, with, with Tom, my partner being not particularly nice and that's because I'm feeling stressed and under pressure and you behave in ways that you kind of don't don't feel proud of, I think. Yeah. Does anything else happen when you're, when you're stressed that you think maybe is either visible to you or other people? I think I start making mistakes, mistakes that I wouldn't normally make. And this has been particularly evident actually over the last six months where this is not just stress, this is also, being honest, being tired from having a very small baby. I just start to do things where I then, I can't remember either what I've done you know, so if someone says to you, did you do that? Yeah. You'll think, I don't know. Yeah. I actually can't, I just, I just don't know. And a very recent example was um, my mum had left her car keys with me and I was putting them in the post back to her and I wrote the wrong postcode. <laughs> and, you know, I know my mum's postcode and I wrote the wrong postcode on this envelope, which then whizzed it was way around the country with everybody desperately trying to find it because actually keys are really expensive to replace, I've discovered, like hundreds of pounds. And so my mum basically ended up making friends with the sorting office where we come from in Market Harbour, going, you know, my daughter has basically lost all (laughs) sense of reality. And it's because I think you're trying to do often too much too quickly. You're putting yourself under loads of pressure. And then, yeah, you just start to make all of these mistakes where I can't believe I would ever normally do that. Yeah. I actually know the answer. I know her postcode. I don't really understand what I was doing. Yeah. And then you just start to think... Oh, I'm just, I don't understand what's happening. I'm driving myself mad. Sometimes I think I have, so today we're recording this podcast and uh, I have forgotten my phone, which I basically live on to do everything. (laughs) And I forgot my phone. And this is because I am a bit stressed at the moment about various things that I'm doing. But sometimes I think those moments, either whether it's a, a physical reaction that you're like, oh, I shouldn't be feeling like this or come on, Helen, how have you managed to forget your phone? Sometimes they are, they are, they're almost more than clues. They're like big red alarms that you need to uh, take control of this in some way. This, this, this busyness, this sense of stress before it becomes um, something a bit more negative for you. So whilst they are not helpful in the moment, like your mum having to chase after a car keys across the country, probably not a helpful thing, but I think they are these alarms that can can Mm. clue you into, I need to change something here about my reaction to this situation so that I can, um, this doesn't get more significant, more serious for my health. And I think for you, you know, those examples we just gave, you might think, well, actually, I always forget my phone. 
and that's fine it's looking for changes in your own behavior yeah i think things that you wouldn't normally do whether it's in actions or behaviors or feelings that feel unfamiliar that should help you to kind of stop and think this doesn't this isn't me this isn't me yeah something here doesn't feel right I remember another example of when I was doing uh, my MBA, I felt under so much pressure to, you know, I was trying to do well, it was taking up lots of time and I was working at the same time that I stopped exercising completely. Mm. My my answer to I feel really stressed was I should just spend more and more time working and less time doing exercise to the point where I cut it out of my life Mm. completely. And that's something that is part of my life. And it actually had a really detrimental impact. I actually got more stressed. Yeah. Because, I mean, partly because obviously exercise is just... A positive thing and releases good endorphins and keeps you happy and healthy but also I'd taken I'd cut out something that was a really important part of my life mm. so it had the opposite effect to the thing that I was intending yeah and that feels so hard though I think it's okay to say in hindsight but at that moment you're just thinking oh but I haven't got time so the answer to this is just to cut other things out cut all the fun stuff out of my life and just do write a dissertation essentially so what specifically now because you you know you have loads on now you've got amazing if you've got a job you've got max your baby uh, everything else that goes on so that particular learning from doing your mba which is a while ago now what how does that change how you approach the balance of all those things now so you don't get stressed with it i think if i'm starting to feel stressed i recognize the triggers i'm more able to recognize the triggers and I've got a better idea of what some of the solutions might be. And so actually this week, a really classic example, I'd had a really bad day at work. Uh, so lots of things had gone wrong. You know, when you sort of come out of the day, just you just don't feel good. Yeah. And I think there were two things that I did that then just really helped me, I guess, recover quicker, be, be resilient and bounce back ready for the next day. Um, the first thing was recognising that you have to get some of that that bad day out of your system. Yeah. So having a really good support system, just a small support system of people you can speak to, makes a massive difference. So yeah, you knew you know I had that bad day because yeah. you you were the one getting the WhatsApps going. <laughs> I've had a really bad day. This is what happened, and that just helped me to kind of get it out into the world. And you know, I told my partner, and you just chat about it. You're not trying to do a coaching session or provide solutions like we would we would maybe try and get into some sort of coaching scenario you just need a friend at that point you just need a friend who can listen and go that sounds rubbish empathize that's you know I hope things get better that's all yeah. you're actually looking for and actually then the second thing I did back to the point around the MBA was that night rather than sitting down on my laptop and doing more work or sitting and watching Netflix I went out for a run and again, that was really, really helpful. Mm. I, it's actually in some ways the last thing you feel like doing because you just, you, I mainly feel like just sitting and eating chocolate or relaxing on the sofa. Mm. But I was like, I just need to do something which gives me a time to think, but also the the act of actually going out and doing exercise makes you focus on it. You're exhausted, you're physically exhausted, which I think actually can be quite useful. Yeah. And then you can just go to bed and just get up the next day just feeling refreshed and with that perspective whereas previously I think I would have done something really different I perhaps would have kept it to myself you know I'm a natural introvert I would have kept it internally Mm. I wouldn't have shared it with people I wouldn't maybe have wanted to be vulnerable about things not being perfect yeah and then I would have thought I'm just going to work loads and that'll that was the answer and then you know I did the exact opposite so maybe be be vulnerable uh share with the support network find some sense of release um yeah. so you know for you that's kind of that exercise that run for me it would probably be like doing a bit of yoga having a bath just yeah. turning things off taking my laptop and my phone away from me is probably yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the best way of just creating a bit of a space 
thinking about some of my my own experience, I think one of the times that I feel that my career had become most stressful was um, when I used to work for uh, BP and I was travelling a lot. I was living away from my husband at the time. Uh, we were we were fine. <laughs> He's still that. your husband now, to be <laughs> clear. You're like husband yeah. at the time. Yeah. It sounds like you're only like your fourth or something. Still the same husband. Same guy. <laughs> uh, but I, because of that job, we were we were moving from two different cities. So in the week I lived away from him and I, and I was travelling a lot. I had a pretty demanding job. Uh, I also had a pretty difficult relationship with my stakeholders, specifically my manager at the time. And I just remember feeling like I can't do this job to the best of my ability or and also the job that I wanted to do I was potentially doing all the feedback I was getting was actually that I was doing quite a good job but my sense of what a good job looked like I felt like I wasn't doing it I felt like I wasn't being the the manager to my team that I wanted to be maybe I wasn't delivering on my manager's expectations that I was torn between work and home and it just created that tight chest feeling um and I um you know I did ask for help and I didn't really get it as well which didn't which didn't really help but I think well you know I had a coach at the time that I was talking to and you know various people to try and steer my way through this situation because to what we were saying earlier was I didn't feel like I was reacting to it in a way that felt like me and what I learned and I took away from that situation was there were limited things that I could control in that situation. I couldn't suddenly solve the issue of my husband and I not being in the same place. I couldn't suddenly stop traveling. It was a global job. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't change my manager. There were things that I wasn't in control of, but what I was in control of was my reaction to it. And once I realized that, that, you know, stop trying to change some of this other stuff around you and, and actually just look inward about, you know, are you being too defensive in this situation? Are you holding yourself to too much of a perfection bar? You know, your 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 husband's understanding the situation. He's not putting pressure on you. You're putting pressure on yourself. Once I realised that a lot of how I was feeling was actually all about me. Yeah, yeah. I suddenly thought, well, if I if I can control that, then I change entirely how I'm responding to this situation. And if I think about, don't be defensive in this situation. You know be a bit different about how you're interacting with your team about these things they they seem fine I it suddenly took a bit of the pressure away because I think quite a lot of it was self-created and I think the the learning there for people is to I think look inward a lot of the time stress can be caused I notice this with my my team actually stress is caused by your own assumptions and your own perfection yeah, and your yeah. own the own the expectations you're placing on yourself and not always other people and that's something that you are in control of yeah, and I think when um, I've been in quite stressful situations, maybe uh, with a particular individual or as part of uh, a job, one of the things that somebody told me that I found incredibly useful was you do realise that the, that other person or that organisation as a kind of entity isn't getting really stressed. This is just you. Yeah, You're letting these things get inside of your head, dominate your thinking, take up your energy and time, and that is stopping you from doing your best work. And so basically you're getting in your own way. Absolutely. And I do, you know, I'm I'm very mindful of in those moments, it is really hard to see that though. That took somebody telling me that saying, I remember finding a particular individual would, would bring on a lot of stress every time I had to have kind of interaction with this person. And someone said to me, this person is like dominating your life. You know, they've become, so, you, you've made them into such a big monster, essentially yeah. such a big thing that then you're losing all your sense of where you add value you're making loads of assumptions think about how much time this person is taking up in your brain are you happy with that and I was like no this is a disaster <laughs> like he, this person is taking up like 70% of my mental capacity this is, they, and when you start to think about that you're like, that's ridiculous what am I doing yeah 
and it it just helps to kind of elevate you out of that. Um, but that's often where I think going back to the support system, when you're in the midst of this, seeing the wood from the trees takes, a, I think, a lot of experience and practice and, and skill. And I think even the most experienced, like chief executives, et cetera, still need people to kind of help them and coach them through these this, these kind of things. And so often the best thing you can do is to flag the challenges you're having, I think, to somebody you trust yeah. and somebody who's often uh, got some empathy, then maybe got, ask good questions, can maybe just help you to work through maybe what's happening. And always, rather than starting with, I think you often start with going, it's somebody else's fault or blaming. I think there's often a bit of a, this all stuff is all happening over here, none of which I can control or I'm going to blame somebody else. And then it's all really bad for me. Mm. And back to your point about what you can control and what you can't control, just start with, well, if you, what are you trying to achieve as part of this? What you're trying to achieve is you feeling less stressed mm. so that you can do, you enjoy what you do, enjoy your job. And if that's what you're trying to do, what will it take? So start with that question, I think. I also think that there's a real that human element in what causes stress. So if I think about times in my career when I've been stressed, it hasn't necessarily been about the workload, you know, have a challenging workload and that sometimes can feel a bit a bit stretching. But the thing for me that tips it into stress is often the people. So if a manager or a stakeholder is uh, applying pressure, um, that suddenly it's almost like yeah. I lose my control or I feel like I've lost my control of my ability to to do this in my own way. And, and it's that, oh gosh, this person's not going to think I'm doing a great job mm. or this person's going to, I don't know, whatever that like monologue you have in your head about the situation is. But again, that goes back to that is a, that is your own feelings about that situation and what might be good is to clarify with that person what what are your expectations of me here to what yeah. extent do you think I'm meeting them because you might be carrying they might be thinking you're actually doing a pretty good job they might just be a challenging person doesn't mean they're challenging you or thinking you're not doing a good job That's exactly what happened to me exactly what happened to me you know when I first moved um, out of marketing which we've talked about before into corporate responsibility Honestly, I thought that first six months was a disaster. I was just like, this is the worst decision I've ever made. I've gone way into my scary zone. I've gone way too far. Yeah. You know, I've pushed myself too far. Um, I thought it was a disaster. And I didn't... But the problem is I just didn't ask the person I was working for, who was quite a challenging individual, I didn't ever explain how I was feeling or ask how I was doing. So I just withdrew further mm. and further honestly to the point where I was ready to either resign or move into a different department. So the first conversation I had with that manager was around this stuff in terms of I'd let the stress build up to such an extent was this is a disaster, think I should move departments and or leave, what should we do? And she honestly looked at me and she was like, I don't understand, Like, what are you talking <laughs> about? You're doing a really good job. It's obviously been a really steep learning curve and you know I've been pushing you and because I really want you to get there and yeah, I've got loads of confidence in you. And I, you know, you just think we are talking from completely different starting points and perspectives here. And genuinely, I had only really got myself to blame. Yeah. And she would have been really happy to have had that conversation with me earlier and sooner. But I was making a lot of assumptions. Um, and it was, it was, that was really disastrous because I put so much stress on myself for so long. So if someone's in this situation, maybe they're in a, a new role or it's an yeah. existing role, but it's starting to feel like that. And, and maybe the feeling of stress is, is coming from a perception about what their manager thinks they're doing or their stakeholders. With that experience and hindsight, how would you have approached that differently so that you were coming at it from the same, the same place? I think I would have asked just specific questions of her, of my line manager, 
in a more kind of regular, infrequent and probably informal way. Mm-hmm. I think because I naturally defaulted to slightly more of a formal, almost like appraisal system, quite an old school approach, uh, probably based on all the companies I'd worked in previously. I sort of waited for these like big significant moments before yeah. having these conversations. And it was also probably a bit of avoidance. So I'm definitely one of those people because I don't like conflict. I perhaps maybe had thought I would have the conversation. I'd put it maybe fourth on my list in like a one-to-one and yeah, I'd never get to it. Yeah. You, 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 you classically are going, it's too hard. And then you go, oh, we didn't have time. So you give yourself excuses. I gave myself a lot of kind of get out of jail yeah. cards. Whereas actually, I, I just know if I'd have just taken the time to have a half an hour chat first thing in the morning and said, let me know how you think I'm doing. Yeah. As, as simple as that. I think that would have made a really big difference to my experience. There's something at um, Microsoft where I work that they're changing their feedback process and I love it. So it's gone from um, can I have some feedback or uh, like a a 360 feedback review to a whole new um, terminology around how we get feedback. It's all around asking for perspectives and there's been quite a lot of research done around that actually asking for someone's perspective is a better way of getting some of that insight. Um, And I was just trying to think about with that in mind, what would you ask for? And I think you could have a conversation with your manager that says my perspective of your expectations is this or yeah. I'm operating you know under this assumption about you know your your expectations what's your perspective on how I'm performing and just maybe asking for those questions more more regularly I think if you you want to get this to feel like it's the first thing that you can ask on an agenda and you're not holding your breath when you're asking it yeah, yeah. and then you can maybe realign some of that stuff that's going on in your head stop avoiding the questions and also you're probably I always think you do far worse in your own head you're so much more self-critical of yourself than other people are um, and I think if you can align a little bit more with these people that might be causing some of this stress they probably don't even realize they're causing all this yeah, stress yeah. for you you can maybe just get it out in the open a little bit more and reduce that that pressure you're putting on yourself yeah and I think if you are listening to this um and you are a line manager or you're leading a team uh think about what questions you can ask people to encourage people to share yeah. how they're feeling And so one of the things that I've introduced at Gravity Road, where I work now, is an anonymous questionnaire. And the first question is, what one word describes how you're feeling about work at the moment? (laughs) Insightful. And the reason I do that, and I do it in an anonymous way, is that I just want to know what's what's the overriding sentiment for you as an individual at the moment. Are you feeling busy, stressed, motivated, anxious? Um, loving it that's two words but you know (laughs) whatever it is I just I just think it's really interesting to see what people's first what's that first word yeah and then I do go on to say well what are you enjoying the most about your job at the moment what's the one thing we could change to help you do your job better you know there there are follow-up questions to that but what I hope by even doing that very short five question survey is you're starting to create a culture and environment where you are encouraging people to share how they feel that they can flag and signal that they're really enjoying something and they'd like to do more of it. Or actually, if they are in a position where they are feeling really stressed, that that's okay to feel like that. And you should tell someone and collectively we should try and get to a better place because no one, no one should want anyone to feel like that because I just cannot believe you do your best work when you're stressed. Yeah, I think actually another positive thing that Microsoft do in that space is we also ask a similar question like that and then we put it in a word cloud. Um, yeah. So you can see all those words and I then think you can then play that back to employees and then yeah. that helps them to feel, you know, they can either see, oh God, I feel really different to everyone else or actually other people are feeling like this yeah. too. And I yeah, think yeah, that's not just me. It's not just me. That's fine. We can have a conversation about this now because I was just keeping this to myself. So I think it goes back to that support group. That support group can be in work as well. You just have to be, I think, open about how you're feeling a little bit vulnerable and then that can help you to move forward with it. 
Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Shall we do some tips? Let's. Top tips. Okay. Um, so my top tip um, is about thinking about what your triggers are for your stress because then you can do something about it. So for me, if I feel out of control and visibly for me, that is a to-do list that's never ending. That that feels stressful for me. I like I like uh, organisation. I quite like control. Um, and <laughs> You sound so intense right now. Sorry. I'm really sorry if I do. She is quite intense, but it's all right. <laughs> so I think if I feel like I've got a to-do list that I don't know where to start and I have that that feeling, uh, I, I start to get like these tinglings of stress. And for me, that's a, I need to take an hour and sit down and cluster some of this stuff into something that feels a bit more manageable. So that's the action that I take. Also, again, that chest tightening, I know that is not good for me or I know that's not good for what I'm trying to deliver. So again, I need to shut down, I need to go and grab a coffee and I just need to like read an article or just have 20 minutes with my children or something I just need a little bit of a break and then I've got a much clearer head to go back into the thing that I'm trying to do sort of working through those feelings of either I feel out of control or I feel physically um like stressed whatever that feels like to you there's no good going to become from me just plowing on and working through that so they're my triggers yeah I think I have a different approach depending on whether it's almost planned stress or unplanned stress. Okay. So planned stress is where I know I'm maybe going to be in a stressful situation or a couple of days just because sometimes you can't avoid things coming together or you maybe know it's going to be difficult with some difficult people or difficult situations. And when I know that that's coming... I'm very mindful of creating space in my days and times to recover, almost a bit, a bit as you described. Even things like if I have to do lots of events back to back, which I did last week, creating then space, knowing that I was then going to have space to spend some time by myself, reflecting in much smaller groups of people, helps me to cope with the 
initial situation I think almost. that's a really nice idea like you can probably look ahead in your calendar and yeah, see yeah that's what I do because if you know your triggers you're going to be able to say oh that week's going to be a trigger yeah, week that's and exactly then, what I do I really yeah. like that idea I don't do that and I will do now yeah <laughs> so I look at my weeks and just think or even like days if I if I go wow that's a really intense day how do I make sure that then the next morning I've got a couple of hours where I can sit quietly in a coffee shop to to sit and write something or mm. do something by myself and that's knowing your own personality and what causes you stress and, and those and, kind of things. And also I think taking control of your diary because I know sometimes mm. when we can say, oh, take a couple of hours to go and sit down and people might be thinking, oh, I can't do that because it's not uh, it's not the way my company works yeah. or my manager. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think we just have to have conversations about this stuff because if you take that hour of coming in slightly later or just going to read something that stimulates you, whatever you need that hour for, that's going to make you more productive at work. And I think you've got to, we've got to start having conversations with our managers and our organisations about this is how I will work best and create the most value for you. But I can't, I can't do it in this way. I've got to, I've got to have a bit of freedom to shape that. And if that's an hour on a Thursday morning to do this thing before I have a presentation, then I'm going to be better for it. So that's my planned stress approach, (laughs) unplanned stress. So when I don't know it's going to happen and maybe, you know, something's caught up with me or something has caused me stress that I wasn't anticipating, that's when I start to know what my, like, I think you've called them go-to stress solutions are. So, you know, I talked earlier about it is going for a run. It's knowing what my support systems are. And actually, I've started using something called the Car Map. Mm. So the Car Map, uh, I think was app of the year, maybe last year or the year before. And I just started to try it because I would noticed, uh, I think it was being advertised on Instagram. And it's it's a really nice app in that it has lots of different approaches. So there's one section that's just loads of different music. And it's music depending on how you're feeling. So if you want to be like focused or relaxed or meditative, and you can you can listen to like a different soundtrack. And then it has some really simple things like breathing exercises, meditations. What I wouldn't do, which is what I tried to do, was try and do one on the train. <laughs> and when you're breathing in and out in a way too kind of exaggerated way on the train, you get very self-conscious very quickly. And I was like, this is a disaster. And I only made it through... I feel less calm. Five, yeah, I made it through five minutes of like a 12-minute exercise and I was like oh dear this is not so you know do those things at the right moment don't do what I did but even that app has a really simple breathing exercise where it gets you to breathe in for a certain amount of time hold your breath and then breathe out again and they make you do it 10 times and taking 10 deep breaths actually you suddenly realize how infrequently you do that in terms Mm. of Mm. and it feels like an age feels like you're taking ages but it just slows down your heart rate makes you pause for thought and it just helps you to I think recover a bit of kind of your almost like your sanity in those moments of stress yeah there's something called um department store for the mind which is um, a lovely online store and they actually have a bracelet that you can buy called 10 deep breaths and it has 10 little beads on and it's to remind people of the power of taking 10 deep breaths um I love department store for the mind so if you've not checked (laughs) it out before have a look because it has some particularly around stress and anxiety actually they have some really lovely kind of products and things that you can buy to just help you to remind yourself of what actions you can take in those moments of stress. So maybe another couple of resources as yep. well that might might help you. I think we've mentioned Car Map and Department Store for the Mind. Also, there's a, a report from Do Lectures. We talked about one of their reports before, actually, but they've done one, um, a stress report, which is, I think it's like 140 
30 pages. It's an extensive report. That sounds long. It is long. You also have to buy it. But it is, if you kind of want to go into this a little bit more, it talks about how you can manage it, it gives you some stories of other people and how, like, coping mechanisms. So I think if this is something you want to go into a bit deeper and think about, that's a really, really good report, really good resource. You can get that online. And one that I've got is called The Miracle Morning. Sarah's going to cringe when I talk about this. But I actually found this quite helpful. So The Miracle Morning is a book by a guy called Hal Enrod, I think, Elrod, Hal and Elrod. Sounds like about Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's, it's, a, it's an American guy. But the book is um, it's essentially about a morning routine that you can do, which uh, he has this acronym, SAVERS, and so that's, it's about silence, which is essentially meditations, affirmations, which is kind of about setting yourself and your, your intentions, visualisation, so you can kind of imagine where you want to be, and then it has exercise, so I do yoga, um, and then reading, and then also scribing, so writing, journaling. It is quite a lot to fit in in a morning. So have I got to do all of that before I leave the house? <laughs> I'll be really honest. I, I can't do it every day because I leave quite early to get to the office and that would just be crazy to get up at the time I'd have to get up. But the days that I do do it, so sometimes when I'm working from home, I can fit that in and I can do it in about 40 minutes. And I feel so much better. I feel so much happier and more focused and, and clearer on what I want to do and so for me the miracle morning if if you like a bit of routine you don't have to do all of it like I actually find for me the visualization the bit element of exercise and the journaling they are probably the most powerful parts of it for me but if you like that kind of stuff it's a good book it's an easy read and uh, do you know what my miracle morning is getting to work on time I don't know what well it? no just like a lion it's just a lion. I was like <laughs> I'd absolutely love to have a lion sleep's really good for you there's loads sleep of studies is, about is, sleep that is really true I think that would be my miracle morning is just like staying asleep for a Maybe bit longer. Maybe we should do a future podcast on the benefits of sleep. Yeah. Uh, the irony of that with two, uh, both of us having young children that don't sleep. Can um, I do a person that yes. I think? Um, so there's a lady called Michelle Morgan who I think talks about mental health in a really compelling way, both in terms of sharing her own story, but she also runs some of the programmes that I talked about in terms of mental health first aid. You can look Michelle up on LinkedIn. I'm sure she won't mind. She's the co-founder of a company called Liberty a creative agency for kind of young people um, and she's just done some really good work in this space so I, I would describe her as a thought leader and what she has that probably Helen and I have talked about less today is probably an even deeper knowledge and insight into some of the really significant challenges I guess around mental health and the impact that that can have on you in a really kind of detrimental way which I think you know we've not really talked about as much because that's much more um, I think something you need to have See a professional. Yeah, about. you need yeah. to. Yeah, you need yeah, to we're kind not of qualified. So look at Michelle because she is really inspiring and has lots of resources available. So hopefully that's helped. We know that we we can't solve all of this stuff, and we know it's hard, and we know it feels really hard. And I think that point around if we, we're talking about when this is moments in your career and some some tools that you can maybe use to help you but I think if it feels like more than that then I think you need you need to go and talk to somebody about it so that you can get the the support that you need and there's nothing wrong at all with admitting that so I think that's just an important thing to realize what what tools and tactics you can use and when you might need some more, more support. So on to next week. Next week, we are going to be talking about presenting. It's something that we all have to do quite a lot of, of in our careers. And I think, you know, we talked a lot about confidence before. And um, so we're going to talk to you about our experiences, how you can be more confident, how having some presentation skills can help you in other areas of your career as well. So that's next week's podcast. And if you want to stay in touch with us, we love that. Uh, you can uh, email us at getintouchatamazingif.com. You can also get to us on Instagram, where we're amazingif, or on Twitter, where we're at amazing underscore if. We share lots of different resources there. We share things about our lives. We interact with people and we take your ideas on board as well. So please find us in those places. 
also so that more people can find us and, and learn about how to have a happy squiggly career and get the skills that they need if you wouldn't mind giving us a five star rating on iTunes <laughs> that would be much appreciated are they not, it's either five stars or nothing is that what well, we're saying you know either don't fine. bother or just give us five stars they're all five at the moment which is pretty pretty good have we done them though no I promise there's, tw- there's are you the- sure it's not just like my mum your mum my sister <laughs> they, they may your be part of the mix but more, more welcome join our family <laughs> in our podcast reviews. but no genuinely it does help with things like the iTunes algorithm and actually 80% of you as we recently we saw when we looked at our stats 80% of our listeners are on iTunes so um, yeah, oh, is that right I obviously that? wasn't concentrating that's at that fine point. I'll, I'll be your stat guru Sarah so um, yeah apart from that, that little sh- ask for help we will uh, we'll speak to you next week thanks very much for listening everyone bye bye imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.